no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, uh, we, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. Oh! One more time. Oh! One more time. Welcome to the Bear Essentials. On today's show, we break down the Bears' Week 11 loss to the Atlanta Falcons and much, much more. A-Dub, I am so fucking pissed off at Luke Getty. Audience, y'all lucky that we didn't record yesterday. I was in Vegas covering the Illini and their tournament that they were in, and A-Dub was like, man, Prince, we should record tonight. And he was lucky that I had to break down some editing content for that Illini game. Because if we would have got on this microphone last night, A-Dub and audience, it would not have been good for your boy, Luke Getsy. It still ain't going to be good for him because I still got some of that heat. <laughs> I am so fucking pissed off, bro. This is the thing, A-Dub. What did we just talk about in the preview show? We talked about the fact that we need to limit those hits that Justin was taking. And if you were going to do a design run for him, get him out of space. Those runs that from Justin Fields in that game on Sunday – were infuriating. Justin Fields had 14 fucking carries at the half. You got David Montgomery in the backfield. Luke Gessie, what the fuck are you doing, bro? And now you see what happened to Justin. He was already going into the game talking about how he had heavy legs. You don't want to hear a football player talking about how his legs are heavy. That's a hamstring injury waiting to happen. On top of that, you're running to him straight into the middle of a fucking defense with Grady Jarrett who we talked about on the preview pod. Run him into the meat of that defense. Justin Fields on that final drive of the game, A-Dub, had no business, A, being on the field, and two, they had no business doing those back-to-back quarterback design runs. Luke Getzey, you are an asshole for that one. You definitely did Justin Fields a disservice. Wasn't one of your best play caller games at all. Seeing Justin Fields run that much press was very disappointing. This is too much for this kid. He's doing too much. They got to give him an opportunity to at least catch his breath, man. At least do that. But Getsy, you're wrong with this one, man. You got to go back and look at the film. Look at what you did. Look at your play calling. And then look yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, did you do a great job? You did a disservice to Justin Fields. Nah, he'll look at it. Listen, if he look at himself in the mirror and think that he called a good game, then he's a liar. He's lying to himself because I felt RG3 vibes. And I know that there was somebody Ooh. on Twitter that put that shit out there. That was what I felt watching that football game because the Washington Commanders ruined RG3's career. And I'm looking at Justin Fields out there and I'm like, bro, we got a 23-year-old franchise quarterback and the way that they're handling him right now, they're ruining him. It's too much. You don't have an expensive sports car like that and you sit up here driving it into the fucking ground. That is a Porsche. You treat it as such. And you're rolling that Porsche right back out there again, Perez, on fumes. You can't keep doing that, man. You're putting this dude at risk. Those hits he's taking, too much, man. That run around, too much, man. You got to be very, very careful because now you and I talked about this, Perez. Injuries, injury alert. This is the thing. 
seeing our quarterback getting carted to the locker room to be evaluated for that shoulder. You saw him holding the thing. It looked like he was in pain. You could tell he was in pain on that last drive, A-Dub. So as the fucking play caller, Luke Getze, you see your quarterback, you obviously know that he's gutting through the game. Why are we fucking calling those running plays the way we did? See, this is my problem with a guy like that. Fine. We know that you have to depend on him. But he's hurt. He's banged up. So if you're going to have him in the game, don't put him in harm's danger. That was my part. That part bothered me because that bordered a little bit on what are we doing here? Do we realize that this kid's the franchise? Do we realize that we have our franchise quarterback? What the fuck are you doing? What are you trying to do, break the kid? I mean, it, it was stupidity, Ada. It was plain stupidity. You got David Montgomery back there. David Montgomery was having a solid game. Give him the fucking football. Why the fuck is Tristan Ebner getting the ball on the goal line? This is where you look at Getty and say, bro, that was very risky. Very risky play calling. Stupidity. Idiocy. Yeah. For real, Prez. Because on some of those plays, you're like, hey, man, even when he got sacked, Prez, I thought he was hurt, bro. I was like, man, that's a good clean hit on him, man. I hope the dude is okay. It's been and happening all season. It's been happening yeah. all season behind this awful offensive line. As Ryan Poles, you strip this thing down to the studs, you have a plan, that's great. But I'm sorry, Justin Fields should not see the field for the rest of this fucking season. I'm sorry. We don't. We should not, as a Bears, listen, as a Bears fan base, we should realize that this kid's showing us enough. We don't need to see no more. Put Trevor Simeon out there. Let him take that fucking punishment. I don't think Justin Fields should play the rest of the way because all that punishment that took Perez has added up on him, man. It has taken its toll. We've seen the guy get tired of you when I talked about Perez. At this point, you're seeing all you're doing now is risking him to get hurt even more. So what are you playing for? You're not playing for a playoff spot. You know, Fuck you're that. pretty much done. So what, what are you trying to accomplish? What's been accomplished have already been accomplished. We realize we got a franchise quarterback. We saw him grow. That's what we wanted. He's there now. Now what you're doing now is just ruin the rest of his career. At this point, we take all this punishment. This is my thing, man. When you start having the hamstring injuries, when you start to have them shoulder injuries, yeah, that shit adds up. Those things can cause even more catastrophic injuries. Now we find out that he's got a non, he's got now we found out A-Dub, he's got a dislocated non-throwing shoulder. And in the past, Mitch had that. Baker Mayfield had that. And I know it's not his throwing shoulder, but that's a painful injury to try to play through. And I'm sorry, sit his ass on the bench for the rest of the season. Uh, Matt Eberflus comes out and says that Justin's day-to-day, fuck your day-to-day. Trevor Simeon needs to be the starting quarterback against the New York Jets. Because let Justin Fields heal up, man. Let him heal up and prepare himself for next season. Because at that point, you're hoping that next season, the offensive line will be a lot better, of course, right? It better be. <laughs> it has no choice at this point, Perez. Holes got to get in there, do the right thing, because this offensive line is doing Justin Fields a disservice. We talked about that all the time, Perez. Listen, the offensive line, the fact of the matter, your play caller is putting this guy in harm's way. So it's like every time this guy gets the ball in his hands, he's got to run through a goddamn obstacle course just to get a pass off, just to try to make a play happen. I would love to see this kid in a system where people can competently block for him. 
because he has not had that in his one and a half seasons here in Chicago. He needs to not play anymore this season. We're three and eight. This team is playing for what? A draft choice at this point. A top three draft choice. Watching that game against the Falcons, it reminded me of the game they had against the Commanders. Ooh. The offense didn't look good in this game, A-Dub. The defense, while it was improved, it still was awful. Yep. Special teams, quarter up Patterson, made history against us, 103-yard kickoff return touchdown. That shit was disgusting. It's too much happening, Perez. And what you're doing now, as you and I talked about, is just wasting your quarterback. It looks ugly on defense at times, man. And sometimes, you're right, it looks good. When you see some good plays made, you see some little growth from Gordon or a brisker play, you're like, hey, it's good to see that young guys do well at times. But overall, as a holistic group, you're like, hey, man, I'm disappointed in what we've been able to accomplish, you know, especially heading into, you know, week 12. Doesn't look good at all. And things seem to be going in the wrong direction on the defensive side, Perez, even though some people have shown some improvement. But you just can't allow this to continue to happen. No, you, you can't. And like I said, even in this game, in the first half of the game, Justin's still showing you some of the electric side to him. Just missed on that damn touchdown, potential touchdown pass to your boy Money Moon. And guess what, A-Dub? Your bank opened up, didn't it? Yeah, we opened up, Press. I thought it was going to stay open on that missed pass from Justin Fields. But I'm okay, man, because the guy does so much well. But I do like that pass, that play call. That's the only thing that gets him have done well really in the game. But you know what? That was a good play. Good call, good pass from Justin Fields, and the bank opened up, baby. Yeah, it's just it's just hard for me to be excited about anything. And audience, y'all know that I've been very, very calm this season. I'm not feeling calm right now. I feel like all that running that they did with Justin Fields led to that hamstring injury. All that running led to yeah. this man's shoulder being fucked up. All those hits that he's taken all season long. This guy's been getting hit all season. And what did I tell the audience on the preview show about this Atlanta Falcons pass rush? It's not good. They got four sacks. They got four fucking sacks. That's what you saw in Atlanta Falcons' defensive line. These guys extra excited, like this is what they do. But really, our offensive line, it has been just that bad. Atlanta Falcons, they had more than one sack in the game since week one of this damn season. And then here comes the Bears coming to town, and they're having a sack party out there. Right. It's, fucking, it's ridiculous, bro. It is fucking ridiculous. Because not only with the sacks, here's the, here's the deal here, Perez. We left points on the table, bro, in that first half. We had opportunities to score. Multiple. Yeah. Atlanta Falcons had turnovers, bro, and we couldn't capitalize on both of them. I'm like, come on, man. This is really where you're looking at this offense and saying, you got to be better than this. Gotta be. And then a lot of people are pointing to Cairo Santos missing that 56-yarder. I mean, nope. that was a 56-yarder. I mean, I'm not going to come down on him too hard about that one. But at the same time, man, it's just – it's a lot of things that are in play right now. We're not a good football team. And we're not good enough to withstand all the mistakes that we're making on the field, they do. And we've just seen it against the London Falcons. What can possibly happen when you make some mistakes again? Think about it, A-Dub. They're overly reliant on Justin Fields and his legs. True. If if he's not working it with that running attack, they're ineffective. Again, the defense is awful. They have not stopped the team from scoring 20-plus points since week seven, bro. 
And now special teams is getting in the mix too. What the <laughs> fuck is going on with this team? Praise. I go lie to you, man. When I saw Patterson run that 103 yards, I'm like, payback is a bitch. And yes. that's all I can say, man. That's all I can come up with. I'm like, the dude had fumble, and now all of a sudden he comes back, you know, and make a huge play that really came back to hurt the Bears, really, Perez. So it's like. And that football's ended up in the Hall of Fame because that man made history against us. And I'm so, <laughs> I'm so tired of people breaking records and shit against our team, man. I'm so sick of that shit. It's, it's, it's old. It's getting old. It, it's just sad, Perez, because, you know, I came into the season with a lot of hope. You did as well. No matter what, win or lose, right? We know what kind of season we're going to have regardless. But to have this kind of meltdown these last few weeks, bro, it's kind of disappointing to lose like that. And even lose a game like this, even though it was a close game, another one, to still lose 27-24, that, that's tough, man. Tough pill to swallow when you had a chance to win this game too. Well, that's what this season has come down to. It's just been a lot of these close losses. I'm not at tomorrow victories. I'm also not at tomorrow victories when I goddamn quarterback is a shell of himself because he's hurt. Right. That's why I'm in a bad mood about this. For me, it's not about the wins and losses. It's about the fact of what they did to Justin. Secondly, I'm sick and tired of him not getting a call. All these late hits on Justin, they never call it because they treat him like a fucking running back. Any other quarterback in the league, you can't fucking blow on them without, without a penalty being called. Justin's taking shots to the head. He's taking shots up high. No fault. No penalty call. It's starting to make me feel like there is definitely a bias against the dual threat quarterback. That they are treated differently. They are officiated differently. Call the game the same way. Treat him the same way you're going to treat Brady. If Brady, you can't touch him, then you shouldn't be able to touch Justin Fields. I'm sick of this shit. I'm sick of the bias. Uh, all I see is the offensive line picking Justin Fields up as if it's cool. When you guys also going to take a stand and say, hey, that's enough hitting my quarterback like that, I think a penalty should have been blown on that. I can't wait for this offensive line to start getting tough like that, Perez, and standing up for Justin Fields as well because they're not doing much at all out there either when these kind of things happen. So somebody got to take a stand. I know Iberflu's probably going to make, you know, make try to make a stand on these kind of things, but the players also got to do a good job at that too. No, they really do. Now, I will say this, though. In this game, we saw Justin Fields become the second player in NFL history, A-Dub, to record both a rushing and passing touchdown in his fifth consecutive game. So as I mentioned, you continue to see this guy making plays, breaking records, being a part of history. Right. And even though he was not in his full athletic capabilities because you knew he was playing at less than 100%. Right. He was still making plays out there, man, on that damn touchdown throw to Montgomery. That thing was beautiful, bro. I'm talking about I'm covering a damn basketball game and I'm watching the Bears game on my damn cell phone and I almost jumped out of my seat on that shit. That's one of the best throws I've seen him make all season. And on the money, I mean, when a guy have a chance, have a little time, prayers, you know, that's all I really need. He can make a lot of great things happen. And what we talked about before with him, if Justin can get a little time, man. But he does make some very beautiful throws. And when they're accurate, man, they are on the money. I mean, not to mention that scramble that he had on third and 12 when he threw that shit to Equinemius St. Brown, where he actually held on to it this time. But that scramble was impossible. And that's what I'm saying. He's running through obstacle courses just to get passes off. And it's all relying, like you said, Press, on a quarterback to do these things. And in a way, it is too much. 
I'm glad he's making, he's able to execute on this here. But at some point, Perez, you can't keep doing that to him. You know, the have to rely so much on him to get this offense to go. And you talked about it a little bit earlier, right? But we just can't keep having to happen. Great pass, great execution by Justin Fields, just being very smart and being very patient for us after breaking through. But overall, that's not what you want to see happen often. We were already down Khalil Herbert, eh, Doug? We right. knew the impact of that loss to this offense was not going to be good. Tristan Ebner is no fucking Khalil Herbert. No no disrespect to Tristan. He showed us nothing in this game on Sunday. You showed us nothing, Tristan. On top of that, Michael Schofield. All I see from him is why he was benched in the preseason. Why the fuck is the Tevin Jenkins playing? He was active. Why did he play? The guy's one of our better offensive linemen. Is he hurt? If he's hurt, then why is he active? Schofield was very disappointing to watch out there. Couldn't do anything right for the most part. Trash. I mean, bro, getting blown past, missing blocks, picking up penalties. This was atrocious. It really was. And I'm like, man, I'm with you. Ringo Jenkins, <laughs> ain't no way he's going to be this bad. Probably at 80% he won't be this bad. But Schofield really was disappointing, man. And if you look at the way that the Atlanta Falcons defense was lining up out there, they were playing physical as fuck. They were playing smart football. They weren't worried as much about getting pressure on Justin Fields, even though they got home on him. They just wanted to make sure that they kept eyes on him. They were trying to contain his explosiveness, which they did. They wanted to keep, keep him in their pocket, friends, to make sure he don't get out there, outside that pocket, rough the field. You know what happens when we get that. He's very dangerous. So they wanted to try to contain him because they knew he was going to be a threat coming to this game. Yeah, man. I, I, I don't know, man. But I will tell you one thing, man. The Atlanta Falcons, their game plan against him, it worked. You know what I mean? Because Justin Fields had been unstoppable. And even that first half, he was still making plays. But the second half of the game, between him being injured, between Luke Getzey losing his goddamn mind, <laughs> and the Atlanta Falcons in that game plan on defense, they neutralized what we were trying to do there. Not having Khalil Herbert, that hurt. The fact that Chase Claypool is still not being involved in the game plan. Can somebody explain to me what the hell's going on with that? What was the point of going to trade it for that guy? If you're not going to use them. See, this is why I'm getting pissed off. See, my blood pressure's up. I can, I can feel it. Blood pressure's, <laughs> blood pressure's high, duh. Hey, <laughs> I can hear it in your voice, man. It's going up, baby. It's rising, baby. But guess what, man? I hear everything you say loud and clear. Because there is no way you do all that to get Claypool and not utilize him for these few weeks that you got. What you trying to tell us? You don't know the playbook or something? Come on, man. You can shorten that playbook up for him to utilize him the best way you can. You can't give us those kind of excuses like that. This guy is a weapon. You utilize a weapon like that, man. You make sure that he understands what he needs to do to go out there and play almost every snap, man. So for me, I'm not giving Luke or even Fools any passes on that, bro, at all. Fuck no. And Justin Fields is a tough son of a bitch because when the media sat there and they talked to him and they asked him, hey, when did that injury happen? He said it happened on that first play. That Remember on that drive when he had that first quarterback design run? He said yeah. that's where it happened. And then what do they do? Then they run another one. <laughs> My man was cramping throughout the game. Had to get an IV for the hamstrings. Come on, man. See, this is the thing. And then Arthur Smith 
the coach from the Dale Falcons, now he's talking shit, talking about some, oh, well, when you run the quarterback that much, he's more of a running back. So now you over here trying to run your mouth and you trying See? to talk some shit. See, that's what you call cap right there, Perez. See, that's stuff you don't appreciate, you know, when, when coaches start coming out saying things like that. Come on, man, we don't need you involved. Anything that's Chicago related, that's one. But two, we know how good of a quarterback just the Fields really is. At the end of the day, man, not your own damn business. It's Chicago business. You just worry about Marcus Mariota. You just lucky that he actually had a decent game because that shit ain't sustainable with him. It ain't sustainable at all. <laughs> right. You always say, Briz, the thing that make you laugh, what it does. <laughs> Same thing that make you laugh or make your ass cry, Arthur Smith. Arthur. <laughs> Arthur better be careful what he's saying, friends, because guess what? The guy love victory here. Don't get too high on that, man. Nah, you better keep your goddamn mouth shut. So – Going into this game, now, as, as we mentioned in the open, I wanted 10 quarterback desired runs or less. They ran that man into the ground. Ran him into the ground. You know what I'm saying? I know I talked about my bold prediction that, hey, Justin was going to get 100 rushing yards. He didn't get it, and I'm okay with him not getting it. And I hope that in the future, Luke Getze learns from this. Because I think Luke Getze does have promise and potential as a play caller. I just think that he lost his mind. He went mad science mode. He went mad scientist mode, eh, Doug? He lost his mm -hmm. goddamn mind. On the ball, those 18 carries, that's a lot, Perez. If he had 85 yards, it's close to 100, bro. He was getting there. But the thing is, the guy ran out of gas. I don't know. I almost kind of feel like Luke Getty didn't give a shit. He, had, he was like, look, I'm just going to keep calling these plays. I'm going to keep calling these plays. But the problem was, there was no rushing lanes out there for him. Oh, none, none. So why we keep calling the same shit when he's taking shots that he don't need to be taking? As I mentioned in the open, if somebody going to take them type of hits, let it be Montgomery. That's facts, man. Let it be Montgomery on that part. But here's the deal with those plays, Prez. They were too freaking basic. It's like they can see it coming. Yeah, yeah, they can see it coming, man. So what's the fool anyone? Yes, who are you fooling? You're not fooling anyone. They can see these plays a mile away. They knew exactly what you was going to do, and it was checkmate. Definitely was checkmate, just like it was on our goddamn defense, which ain't been a surprise. You know, you trade away Roquan and, and, and you trade away Robert Quinn, as we mentioned before. Yeah. Well, what do you think the defense is going to look like? The last month, this defense has been absolutely brutal. Brutal. They've, get, they've given up almost, I don't even know what the number was I saw yesterday. I think it was like 140-something points they've given up in the last four games. That's over 35 points per game. You're not winning any game in the NFL when your defense is giving up 35 fucking points per game. <laughs> hey, bro, I almost picked up the phone and gave Robert Quinn a call and said, hey, man, my bad. A-Dub was over here giving you a hard time, putting you on milk cartons and everything. But look what happened. You leave, things get broken, man. It's like we can't get through on any offensive line and, and get a sack or anything. It's been downhill since then, bro. Well, I mean, he wasn't getting no damn sacks when he was here either, but That's it, was just the, it was just the mere presence of having him and a Roquan out there. But like I said, yeah. this defense is not getting it done. And then I talked about Cairo Santos a little while ago. Now, he missed that 56-yarder. Now, we know inside 50 in, we know 50 in, that dude's automatic. Right. But we also see in the NFL that you got kickers now that can boom that bitch from 55 out to win the game. He's got a little bit of a limited range there. When he gets to a certain yard marker, and he misses. And I kind of feel like there's some kickers in the league that can hit 55, 57, 59. I don't know if Kyro Santos is that type of kicker. 
But I know I have a lot of confidence in him to win the game inside the 50. Oh, but yeah. If, but if the game was on the line and he had to hit a 55-yarder, I don't know, man. <laughs> he had to be back that far on 56 for us. If we execute the right way, just the fields don't get sacked or anything like that, maybe he's in good field range, field goal range. But at the end of the day, we put the guy in a tough spot knowing his limitations. Well, okay. Well, then here's my thing on that, though. That miss changed the whole game. Because, in my opinion, we should have punted there. Yeah. What the Falcons do? They score before the half. Things could have been a lot different, they done. But you're right. If we punted. <laughs> but the thing is, we saw what happened. This is where Getty and Eberflus has to be smarter, Prince, because they didn't think about that range thing that you're talking about with Santos. Like, hey, are we putting them in a tough spot? They weren't thinking about that. So when it happened, you're right. You give now ATL a decent field positioning. What they can do, they came down and scored off that. So that's what the Bears got to be thinking about, those kind of things, of what kind of field position you're putting these other teams in when you make a decision like that that don't go into your favor. Listen, this game plan just showed that they put a lot of guys in bad spots. Santos was not set up for success. Justin Fields was not set up for success. I'm yep. sorry, man. They were oblivious to his health. The guy was obviously out there fucking gutting it out. They know we're on the sideline and this man was getting IVs because he had cramps for his hamstring. And you still call the running place for him? <laughs> I'm not off for that shit yet. I'm sorry. Justin Fields does not need to play for the rest of the season. I'm saying it again. And I know the plan was to build for the future. I know what the season's about, audience. I don't want anybody fucking getting into them DMs talking some shit because you're going to get in them DMs and I'm going to hurt somebody's feelings. Don't play with me right now. I know what the tell. I know what the hell time it is. But Ryan Poles could have done more in the present to stabilize this offensive line than he's done. This thing has been problematic for multiple seasons. We saw what year one happened with Justin. We saw what happened in year one with Justin getting hit. And then it happens again year two. The most lucrative investment they made on the offensive line was Lucas Patrick. And how's that work for us? When he was healthy, he played like shit. That was the big splash that they made on offense, on the offensive line. It's been a rough season in that regard when they come down to Lucas Patrick. But you hit on something very good, Perez, when you talked about, you know, the future. You ain't going to hide no future if Justin Fields keep getting his ass whacked up like that, bro. This is another season. <laughs> if this going to a third season like that, Perez, come on, man. You can't expect this dude to last a long time in the league, taking no many hits. Because what's next for us? Concussion, shoulder injury, rib injury, all kinds of injuries start to pile up. He's not going to have any kind of confidence. And then you can hurt this man's sight as well. You know how they go, Perez. You don't want to mess up with him, mess up this guy's mentality, you know, when it comes down to his playing ability. Because that does have an impact when you take those many sacks and hits. Listen, it just goes down to Luke Getz. It, it comes down to Luke Getz again, all this. I... I'm sorry. I, I just I was I was so angry with Lou Getzey. So angry. And that's why I went to, to Twitter. And I and I don't mean to call the man an idiot. I just think that the definition of insanity, you guys know what it is. That's what we did. That was the game plan. It's like, what are we doing out there, man? The fact that we don't get Chase Claypool involved and someone asked you about it, and someone asked him about it, and he says that his scheme doesn't cater to a single receiver. Why the fuck not? 
You don't think teams around the league scheme certain guys? If you got a fucking number one receiver on your team, you scheme to get that motherfucker to football. What are we talking about? And you talked about this here, man, on the pre-show. You're like, hey, we got to also pass the football, throw it downfield. We don't take many shots, bro. We didn't take many at all. I mean, okay, he overthrew Money Moon. You saw Cole Commit get a great catch out of it. I'm like, why not continue to attack in the passing game? Maybe move the pocket a little bit, right? Give Justin Fields a little time to execute that way. Because they all waiting on him to run. They're not going to let the guy try to run, you know? So why not throw the football more often? Why not get Claypool more involved? Why not get Money Moon more involved? Why not commit more involved? Come on, man. Getsy. Think about that, man. Think about it. And this is my thing. That part's pissing me off. Then I'm looking at the defense, not getting any pressure on Mariota. That was the thing that you talked about in the preview show with containing him. Well, not only did we not contain the guy, we didn't even sack him. They <laughs> initially called the sack. They gave Kyler Gordon one, but they took it away and called it a tackle. Right, no right. sack, one pressure on him all day long. I mean, again, not a recipe for victory in this NFL. Meanwhile, Justin's under duress the whole entire game. And we came in to get a lick of pressure on Mariota. It's not like Mariota's some big-time quarterback or something like that, Press. It's no offense. We're not talking down on the guy. But we're talking about Mariota, some of a journeyman the way. We let him do this kind of damage against us? Come on, Bears. You really got to think about this when we're talking about. The Atlanta Falcons are not no showstoppers. They're far from it, man. That's not what we lose to them like this. And to piggyback off of what you were just saying, the run defense continues to be an issue. The Falcons took advantage of our run defense because our run defense has been awful. Patterson averaged over five yards a carry, eh, Doug? The rookie running back that I talked about in the preview pod, he was around seven yards a carry, had a 26-yard carry. Marcus Mariota, as we were just talking about a second, how we didn't contain him, he ran it in for a touchdown in the red zone. Right. Everybody was running on us in that damn game. The Falcons was just running crazy on us, dude. It's just unacceptable, man. Unacceptable. Your defense got to be better than this. And this is why you were not called out Allen Williams. So it's like, come on, Allen Williams. You got to do better as well, man, as the, as, the, as the coach, man, with putting in good schemes to help these guys on the defense be successful. I mean, okay, we ain't going to get home, Perez. At least stop the run, bro. Do something if you're not going to do one thing. We look like this on this on this defense. It seems like the Falcons got almost everything they really wanted, bro. I mean, there were some bright spots on the defense. I'm not going to just be all negative about it. I mean, Jaquan Brisker did force a fumble. I mean, that 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 counted for something. Jack Sanborn had another solid game, but just all the way around, we're just yeah. giving up too many damn points. And it's the Atlanta Falcons we're talking about. I mean, that's that's the part that gets me. It's, it's pissing me off. And like I said, the issues that we're having on defense. Now starting to get over there on special teams because you saw what happened there outside of Vela Jones getting that nice kickoff return, which was nice to see him out there on the field. I he hope was. that kid can get things figured out, man. I think he's going to be a solid player for us. He's lacking with a little bit of confidence right now. It was good to see him make a play out there. But Cairo Santos missing the damn kick. Cordero Patterson running through our damn kickoff return unit like they were some damn kids out there. <laughs> It's tough, man, because it felt like Harrison wanted to show V12. He saw V12 get a nice, you no know, kickoff return. 
feel like he wanted to do something, you know, so to show the kid up that, hey, I'm still that guy when it come down to kickoff return. And then he hits, you know, a big one on us, man. But I am hoping that V12, man, can continue to play. Because you're right, drive pick, right? You got him. He's a kid that really wants to play. He can do several different things. And like you said, that confident thing is a big deal. So if he can show some consistency and we see some good play from him on the field, that would be great. But he got to get a chance to get out there again to do that. Well, one other point, though, to, to keep in mind when it comes to Vellis is he understood the situation that he was in. He knew that the coaching staff, they lost trust in him. He knew that the yep. fan base was looking at him sideways. He hadn't provided much value. True. So when he regained that spot at the kickoff return, I wish he could have held on to that position all year because then Khalil Herbert wouldn't have gotten hurt. That's true. I talked about the fact of how I didn't even want him on kickoff return. And that's he did. But to your point about Vellis Jones, I feel like he used that motivation the right way. Instead of sulking, what did he do? He went out there and he made a play. That's how you provide value. You True. go out there and you make fucking plays. You do whatever you got to do. If he's not going to get the opportunity on the offensive side, if special teams, they put the ball in your hand, go make a fucking play. And that's what he did. Made the most of it. And y'all see my boy Khalil Herbert on Twitter shouting out V12, showing the man some love. That's just team support right there, Perez. He takes nothing against what V12 was able to do. So it's good to have your teammates back you up even when they're not playing. Shit, he did the same thing to Montgomery. He was shouting him out as well, too. Yep. Hey, he a real one. And and so it, it's always good to see that kind of thing. Absolutely. My other point that I want to make, man, before we get into some somewhat positivity, because I know all this, <laughs> y'all like, man, they going in. I want to talk about the coaching. Because in this game, you guys already heard what I had to say about Getz. Yeah. I got a little bit more for him. <laughs> So, Justin Fields had a hot four games. Then we started hearing Justin Fields had a hot four games. Then we started hearing Luke Getze's name coming up as a prime candidate for head coaching jobs. Luke Getze, stop reading them news clippers. Focus on the task at hand. Don't try to get our goddamn franchise quarterback killed because you out here trying to get a damn head coaching job off of his back and his work and his hard efforts, and you ain't worried about this kid because you ain't going to be coaching him in the future because you worried about your next opportunity. Now, I give him props that he has turned around this offense, but let's not get too crazy now, Luke. I ain't appreciate that. As soon as your name stop pop, popping up in these damn coaching uh, rumors, and then now you're trying to kill Justin, uh-uh, that's unacceptable. Unacceptable. I understand you got your mind, your eyes on somewhere else, man. But like Perez is going down that path, got to think about the task at hands. Hey, don't do this guy any disjustice because you're looking to go somewhere else. And I don't think like necessarily that he's looking to go anywhere else, but in the NFL, everybody's looking to progress. I mean, shit, you and I and our professions, we're trying to progress. Yeah. I'm not begrudging him there, but I'm not going to do it at the expense of somebody else. That's my point that I'm making here. I feel like he knew that that quarterback was not healthy. I feel like he knew that that quarterback was hurt. But he was still calling plays in the fact that it didn't matter. It was almost like it didn't matter. It was like, no, nah, this is what we're going to do. This is what I'm going to call. I don't agree with that. I don't like that. I don't like the fact that you can't find ways to get the ball to chase Claypool. I don't like that. Like, what are we doing? That screams the last regime where they didn't get the ball to Cole Quebec. 
See, yeah. I thought this regime was supposed to be different. I thought we were supposed to be the anti-last regime where we understand the limitations, but we also understand what people do well, and we put those players in those positions to succeed. We're not seeing that with Claypool. I don't understand why. Somebody's got to explain to me why Tevin Jenkins did not play. I got so many questions. I walked away from this game angry and shaking my head with questions, bro. So many questions. Like, I'm like that two-year-old, three-year-old. Why? <laughs> why? <laughs> why? <laughs> I see you. <laughs> According to what Iberflu said after the game, that Jenkins said that he was still hurting a little bit, but that he could play in case of emergency. Well, guess what? When I saw the way that Michael Schofield played, that was an emergency. Get his ass on that fucking field. Hey, it was an emergency, man. Hey, we was hurting right there. I mean, I mean, Jared's just going straight up through Schofield, man. Like, hey, you not going to contain this dude. I said he should have ate his Wheaties, bro. I've been saying it, Prez. And apparently he ain't eat his Wheaties, man, because he was not prepared for that ATL defense. Nah, he ate shit and he deserves to eat shit. Fuck him. <laughs> The reason why Justin Fields got hurt. Fucking horrible. That guy fucking sucks, dude. It's the reason why he was fucking available. Get him the fuck off this team. I'm so sick of seeing people on this team that should not be on this goddamn team. See, back in the day when Mike Dicker took over the head coaching job of the Chicago Bears, he looked around that damn locker room and was like, hey, we're going to win a championship. But the bad news is a lot of you son of bitches in this room ain't going to be here. <laughs> well, that's what's going to happen with this team next season. The Bears are going to be good. But there's a lot of fucking trash on this roster. There's a lot of people on this team right now. I bet not see them on that roster next year. Matty Refluce, you need to have a Coach Dicker moment. You need to get out there and you need to realize certain guys, they ain't passing the test. Now, I know this year what it was. You guys wanted to build your DNA. You wanted to come in here and put your stamp on things. That's great. That's cute. Next season, we're going to win. We win it in Chicago. I'm sick of the moral victories. It's cute. But I'm sick of it. I'm ready to compete. I'm looking at these teams around the league that are playing for fucking championships. And I'm sick and tired of us being the team. Every time the playoffs come around, we cheer for some other team. We got to fucking have some. Oh, well, this person was a former Bear, so I'm going to cheer for... No, fuck that. I don't give a fuck about some damn other teams. I care about the Chicago Bears. Fuck these other teams. Sick and tired of doing that shit. It's some loser shit. Cheer for somebody because they were a former Bear. Fuck them. They ain't on the team no more. This team has to get back to winning. I told y'all I was pissed off. <laughs> Briz, let it all out. Woo-sa! <laughs> <laughs> This is therapy right now. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Dub. It's therapy. I feel my blood pressure is through the roof. Let's give out some game balls and try to bring some good vibes to the show in the back end. I'm with you there, bro. My game ball is going to David Montgomery. 32, baby. 32. I was questioning him. And prayers, you and I both did. We're like, I think the dude kind of lost something. You know, he still didn't look great as we see him do. Uh, but he still didn't look as great as we've seen him perform in the past, but he did held down the fort, bro. I thought he should have got more than 17 carries, but he did put on some good uh, runs out there, bro. I saw one of the runs in the first half when he started to shake up when he ran for like 16 yards. He got up shaking his shoulder like they can't contain me, baby. You know, 
Then we also see him get in the end zone as well. I wanted to see more of that part of it, but I know we talked about Luke, what he did out there. But the other day, I thought Montgomery did a good job. And he also got in on the passing game too. So salute to him. Yeah, I mean, listen, man, I already know Montgomery and what he could do. And, and I said in the preview show, he needs to have the ball in his hands 20 times to be effective. Montgomery's one of those backs that he gets lathered up and worked up in the game. He gets a good rhythm. Yeah. I feel like he had a really good rhythm in that ball game. He did really well. It was an opportunity for David Montgomery to reestablish himself as the number one guy here. Yeah. He did disappoint in that ball game. Got yeah. in the end zone. Caught the football well. He did. So, honestly, Bears Nation, 32 is still a very productive option here in this office. A-Dub, uh, that's a great game bar recipient right there. Yes, sir. I honestly agree with you on your recipient, but I'm also not going. But I'm not going to give it to to Montgomery. I am going to give mine to. I'm going with Justin Fields for the third week in a row, and it's not about the stats. It's about how he toughed it out. It's yeah. it's, it's almost like, and this is going to be a fucking really crazy out there analogy that I'm about to make, but Justin Fields put himself in the he put himself in harm's way. It's almost like back in the day. Remember when people went to battle, they went to war. A lot of times they didn't know what the hell the outcome was going to be for themselves, but they just did it because they were doing it for the right reasons. Yeah. That's what I felt about Justin Fields. He was just trying to go out there and win a football game. And he gave it his all. His body was over there literally shutting down to him, and you couldn't get the guy off the field. If people can't walk away from this kid and understand that he's that guy, that he didn't quit on his teammates, even though some of those people around him quit on him. Right. He didn't quit on them. This guy right here, man, he's the real fucking deal. Now, it might not have been the most impressive performance, but I give him his props, and I give him this game ball on offense for gutting it out. Like, he showed me a lot, and I don't want to see him for the rest of the season, but he showed me a lot in this game. But put him on the shelf for the rest of the season. Yeah, Prez, he did cut it out. It was like this kid has no giving up, no quitting his bone, bro. No matter how his body feels, he's going to get out there and play as hard as he can. And just because he's tough doesn't mean he ain't human, man. You're human at the end of the day. And that guy went through a progress in that game, man, like most, of, like no other quarterback has to go through. So I salute him for gutting it out, for sticking it through. But yes, we got to think about shutting them down for the rest of the season. We have to. Listen, there's no reason for him to play. We're three and eight. We got draft stock here. Like I said, let Trevor Simeon take those lumps. I'm just, at this point, we've seen enough. We, we yeah. have seen enough. We've seen enough. All right, A-Dub, on defense, I'm giving my game ball to Jaquan Brisker. Okay. Now, this is the thing about Jaquan Brisker. I know he's been a little pissed off on Twitter how his name hasn't been mentioned with some of those defensive rookie-to-get candidates. It's okay, Jaquan. We know what you're about here in Chicago. And honestly, he's been the best pick in that draft class. You guys heard it here on this show first. I was the one that told y'all that Jaquan Briscoe was going to be the best player out of that damn draft of Ryan Poles. He's gone out there on the field, and he's done that. He was all over the field yesterday. He was. 11 tackles, 8 dub. Listen, they tried to take him off the field twice. Those concussion spotters, I saw them. They, they took him off the field. My man returned to the field both times. He's a gamer. 
He's a builder block for this defense for years to come. I'm glad that he's here. The guy's different. He's got that DNA. That dude's got that if factor, and he got my game ball for week eight on defense. I said this guy would be a pro bowler, man. I'm not so sure if it's going to happen or not. Don't know. Still got a few more games to go. But the fact of his impact out there in the secondary, this guy's been good, man. And in this game, particular game, he done it all. I mean, he was good in coverage when he had to be. He made good tackles, like you said. I mean, ain't much I can really can say bad about him, man. I just like what I see from Brisker. And as I said before, he does not play like a rookie. You would think this kid is a vet. No, I mean, listen, he definitely plays – he plays well beyond his quote-unquote, you know, draft class. He plays quote-unquote well past his stock in the league. I mean, he he's – he like I said, man, he has it, bro. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing to watch him out there. Great pick by uh, Ryan Pulse. With my game ball going to prayers? Yep. It's going to go to Kyler Gordon. Kyler Gordon, huh? Okay. I thought he played well, Perez. He made some good plays. And the reason I'm going with him is because I did see some growth. Oh, he gave us some catches early on. Okay, we, we can talk about that. But I saw in that game, Perez, when he, when he, when he actually went out there and, and um, tackled uh, Mariota on the, on, the, on the run, it was a good read when he did that. Then right after that, I think he had um, tackled, um, you know, one of the wide receivers. I was like, this dude is starting to read the plays and getting better at that. So, and then he's acting a lot better than he did in the past. So, if he continued doing that, Perez, making quick reads, understand what these offenses are trying to do and make those plays, it's going to be pretty good down the road, man. So, I know he's had his rough moments at times, but I have seen some growth. And for me, the seal show that against ATL – it's promising to say this kid is going to get better. All right. I, I listen. I, I give it to you. I know there was a point in the game that I was a little annoyed with him, but yeah, he <laughs> he, he, he rebounded. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to say nothing too much on that one. <laughs> My underperformer. And I've, I've definitely gone after a lot of guys on this show between Getty, between Schofield and Ebner. I'm just going to say this. Those are guys are all ones that are on my list. But I think the biggest underperformance from week 11 was the Bears' pass protection. Ooh. I'm just going to say all of y'all were underperforming to me. Justin Fields has been sacked 36 times. This I think that was even heading into this game he'd been sacked 36 times. That was tied for worse than the NFL for a pass protection standpoint. The fact that you guys had a pass rush from the Atlanta Falcons that was god-awful. And y'all sit up there and make them look like the 85 Bears. That's when you know that y'all fucked up. And it wasn't just Schofield. I know he gave up a couple sacks. Right. It was the entire group. Yep. Shit, Braxton Jones continues to get baptized now. I'm not going to criticize him because he's just a rookie. He needs to put on some strength. Fifth round draft pick, so he'll be better from this experience. But it ain't just him. Shit, Riley Reef, he can get some of that shit. Cody can get some of that. <laughs> Sam Mustafer, don't even get me started. Oh, man. <laughs> so that was my underperformance, that entire offensive line group. As I said earlier, I did not like the demeanor of the offensive line, especially after seeing Justin Fields get sacked. They had that shitty look on their faces, like, oh, man, down again type of thing. Y'all got to be better for sure. I'm going to turn the page on this one. This this game here, it pissed me off, honest. I have not been like this in a couple years on this show. I'm going to have to go do some fucking uh, Pilates or some shit after this one because I'm <laughs> all stressed out. 
but killing <laughs> <laughs> <Chilly> friends. <laughs> but we got the New York Jets next on the calendar. A Dub and I will be back to preview that matchup. There's no guarantee that Zach Wilson will be the starting quarterback, which fucking just for our luck, they'll go back to Flacco or Flacco will line our asses up because Zach Wilson is trash. And I tried to tell people in that draft. When they passed up on Justin to draft that kid, I was like, really? Zach Wilson? Yeah, yeah. all right. Yeah, all right. I've been watching. I was watching that Jets-Patriots game. I said, like, this is some awful football. What is going on here? But it's going to be our luck. Next week, they're going to put Flacco in there. We're we going to get into it in the preview pod. Your boy Prez is a little jaded right now. I just need to get off the air. I don't want to go too much further into this. We're going to have a lot of thoughts for y'all on the Jets matchup. A.W., you got anything on the way out? I want to talk about the Jets matchup, but not today. <laughs> all right, cool, audience. That's all y'all get for today. We appreciate, <laughs> we, 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 we appreciate y'all continued support of this show. Thank you for allowing me to get these thoughts off my chest because I needed it. I feel better, but I am going to do some Pilates after this. I, I got to go calm myself down. I got to center myself. But we appreciate you guys. Thanks for making us a top 10 Chicago Bears podcast. We're on to the Jets. We're going to holler at y'all later. We out.